there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. It's episode 17. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Today, it's an interview day. We are interviewing Pat Connolly with Bloom Shroomery. Hey, everybody. Okay, so Pat, first off, give us a little bit of an introduction. Tell us uh, what you do, 9 to 5 and not 9 to 5. And, uh, yeah. Uh, well, um, I kind of have two seasonal jobs. My winter job was a music teacher, which that has kind of uh, stopped because of COVID. <laughs> yes. So then I started kind of putting a little bit more time into the mushroom farming, which has turned into my uh, 9 to 5. Uh, definitely in the summer, or this past summer, two summers actually. So I'm I'm looking to be a full time mushroom farmer. That's awesome. Okay, so tell us what's involved with doing this. How did you decide that you wanted to do this? How did you get started on this? Uh, well, we like mushrooms, and they're not really available around here. Um, you, you can get white buttons and portabellas and shiitakes every once in a while, but uh, other than that, all the specialty types are not really available around here. So. We started growing them for ourselves, and you know it was fun, and we started giving them away, and it went really well. So we started growing more and more species, and expanding, and getting more equipment, getting a bigger grow room, and things. And kind of the big thing for us uh, that really helped us was going to the Riverfront Market downtown. It's a great place, and they're really receptive to what we had to bring, and um, we made a we made a good amount of money there. So we're. Uh, that's we're looking awesome. to kind of expand even further to more fa- farmers markets, grocery stores. Um, we haven't really gotten into m- many restaurants because it's kind of yeah, it's it's kind of not the best time for restaurants. But we'll definitely sure. be looking to get into restaurants too. Yep, that's awesome. How many? You said how many species do you do? Um, I think we did like nine or so, nine or ten this this year. Um, so depending on the weather, we we change species. So we kind of have like spring set of species, a summer set of species, and a fall. Nice. So some of them like different temperatures and things like that. And different like climates like humidity and different stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, What do you think is your most favorite species that you grow? Like and like to eat personally? Uh, Probably the lion's mane. Why? (laughs) Uh, Taste. Yeah. Health benefits are definitely a factor too. I mean they're really good for your brain. Have actually been proven to help with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia and, and uh, regenerate the synapses in your brain. Oh, holy mackerel! Yeah, wow, that is really cool. Do they have like? Okay, I'm a foodie. I'm a total foodie. Do they have like each mushroom has like a different flavor profile? Like For this sure. goes. So like, you're gonna make one with like a like a chicken and one with like a seafood and one with like is that how you differentiate your flavor profiles in mushrooms how do you break um, it down kind so of yeah yeah i mean certain mushrooms go well with a lot of things and mm-hmm. some of them kind of have like a strong flavor on their own yeah um lion's mane kind of has a bit of a delicate flavor and it. it reminds me a lot of crab you, you guys probably had it right uh yeah we yeah we did try the ones from you yeah they were, yeah they were really so it's good. a uh, <laughs> it's it's like a white ball uh-huh. and it has little it looks kind of like hairs, but they call them spines on it. So it looks like kind of like fuzzy. Yeah. Um, but we slice it into you know about half inch slices and pan fry it, and it ends up tasting and being texture wise a lot like crab. That's really cool. So it'll kind of flake with a you know if you press on it with a fork, yeah. it'll flake in the same way that like crab yes. or lobster does. Wow. And it's real soft, you know. 
Yeah. As opposed to like a shiitake or like a, a king is really meaty, the, the lion's manes are very soft. Where was your first experience like with all the different mushroom flavors? Um, a, a lot of the ones that we grow, I, I think, I think when I grew them is the first time that really? I had them. Yeah. You know, cool. but um, we lived in California for a little bit, and it was a little bit more normal out there for yeah. you know mushroom farms to be around. Sure. So we got a little bit of uh, you know experience with with mushrooms out there. Yeah. But it's it's just we run across them less frequently here, so that's kind of why we decided to start. There are some native ones, like out in the woods and stuff, though, for this area, right? Yeah, or, oh, definitely. Like Lots edible ones, too, not them. just like, you know, mm-hmm. sketchy ones. There are, I mean, there's a difference, right? You can't just go pick every single mushroom you see. Oh, uh, no, it's actually super dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, okay. Yeah. But there's, uh, I mean, what ones are most common around here that you can eat? Um, a hen of the woods would probably be the most common. Um, there's hen of the woods, uh, turkey tail is also really common. It's real leathery, it's very medicinal, but people usually don't eat it. They usually make a tea out of it or, you know, uh, tinctures or um, yeah. uh, supplements. Okay. But turkey tail is everywhere. It's like, the, uh, you probably have it in your yard. It's probably outside. We could probably go find some right now. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Um, so probably chicken of the woods, hen of the woods, and turkey tails are the most common. You'll find some oysters and stuff sometimes. Oh, really? Maybe a lion's mane or something like that, but they're they're way less common. Interesting. And then, of course, the morels that everybody's after. Yes, in, the morels. Is that, that's the beginning of summer, right? Mm-hmm. I always find out about it way after everybody's already picked everything over and super sad about that. Funny story. So I used to live in Peoria, like middle of Peoria, behind Quest. Okay, yeah. So, off of McClure, like, yeah. First house I ever lived in by myself, and I had gotten a puppy, and so we would walk laps because that dang dog. And I don't know what made us go a particular way one time, but we totally walked this one route, and I just saw, like, two dozen morel mushrooms in their backyard, like this random person's backyard. And I was, like, pretty sure that that person does not know what they are. Because those things were huge. Like, they were, like, giant. And I, we did a lap. And I was like, next lap I'm going in and getting a plastic bag. (laughs) Because people think I'm just picking up my dog poop, right? Sure, right. Yeah, so totally. Uh, It was in the middle of the day. So I looked and made sure there was no cars in the driveway. And I totally snagged morale mushrooms out of of Peoria. Were they delicious? They were fantastic. I even, like, invited my whole family over. I was like, we hit the jackpot, folks. Everybody come over. It's dinner time. So funny. I breaded half of them, and I sauteed the other half. And I mean, because I I always get nervous that breading just destroys the flavor. But I, so I made them both ways, and they were perfect. We call them brain mushrooms, so they're easier to see. All right. I mean, they do kind of look awesome. They do do. look very squiggly. (laughs) Wow. But they're they're not very easy to try to regrow, right? Like I don't see a lot of people. They're very highly sought after, but nobody really grows them like out yeah. of buckets or haste. They're famously difficult to grow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you can you can get them. You can get them dried from certain places. Sure. That's a, probably the easiest way to get them. Um, I think I've, I've heard of maybe one or two farms in the United States that can do it oh really wow and i've also heard of a few uh, people selling like grow kits 
but they're usually without reviews and things like that and it's like their first season or whatever and yeah don't do it we did that i don't know if i would trust that because i mean if it's to me it's like if you figured it out enough to sell grow kits why don't you have a giant morel farm right yeah why aren't you monopolizing on this right yeah no i mean that's a valid point yeah jake was really into the whole pandemic and the quarantine just made us kind of explore different food sources. And so he found one of the morel kits and you had to soak it. But this we were using way too much laundry soap and we filtered water through a towel and the whole bucket oh, turned soapy. Soap. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not going to do a thing. But it makes me feel better that those are pretty, they probably They're weren't going to happen super, anyways. super, super hard to grow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well. Okay, so for uh, Uber beginners, a.k.a. myself, talk me through, like, so you get a spore, is it like you buy a spore kit and then go, talk me through the process. There's a lot of different (laughs) ways of how to do this. Yeah. So spores, I'll I'll use kind of like a a comparison to vegetables. Spores are like seeds. Okay. So they're the mushroom seed. Um, What I usually do is I use spawn. So from the spore, what I'll take you through, I guess, the whole process. So they'll take a spore print, or if you set a mushroom down, you guys have probably seen this from any mushrooms you've gotten. Yeah. You set a mushroom down just like on the table or whatever. They're still alive, and they'll release spores. There'll be like some powder and stuff there, right? Mm-hmm. So what people usually do is take a sterile piece of glass, totally sterile. That's, that's super important. Yeah. Let it drop spores on there, and then scrape a little bit off and put it on an agar plate. So a sterilized agar plate, and then you cover it up and let it grow, you know? Mm-hmm. So straight from the spore, it'll have tons of growth potential and tons of energy. And then your agar plate, it's like this big. Yeah. You cut that into a couple of slices, usually eight slices, and then put that into a bag of grain. I, I use uh, millet. Yeah, right, know. okay. Um, I just like millet. So each one of those eight slices can go into a three-pound bag of grain, and they call that generation one. So it's the first generation from the spore growth. Yes. Okay. So then that three pound bag can be expanded even further. So I buy the three pound bags and I expand that to 50. Yeah. So three pounds of spawn can make 50 pounds of spawn and that'll be generation two. So people sometimes even take it further than that to generation three or four or however long. Mm -hmm. But the, the more generations you go through, the less growth potential and energy it has. Okay. Just, you know, because of the agent. Right. 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 So um, I usually stop at generation two. So all my spawn is generation two. So it st- still has a lot of, you know, strength. Yeah. And that helps when, you know, colonizing the substrate that you eventually want to fruit from. So if it, ha- if it colonizes really fast and vigorously and it has enough energy to maybe fight off some contaminants and stuff, you'll be way more likely to actually get a crop. So I expand my spawn once. So from first generation to second generation, again, it, it'll be on grain. And then from the second generation, I put it into sawdust, and that's the fruiting formula. Okay. So the sawdust, and I use supplements too. The sawdust, um, it's it's uh, it's better for mushroom production, as opposed to just mycelium production, which mm-hmm. is what the grain is good for. And the small particle size of the you know uh, grains really helps to to be distributed evenly in the sawdust and have yeah. a lot of inoculation points. So it's yeah, it's a fantastic. it's a different formula for a different result, you know. Yeah. So I now, take it from grain spawn to another like another level of grain spawn, another generation, and then to sawdust where it'll fruit. This is so crazy. This is a lot more in depth than what I thought it really was. 
That's awesome. So it's kind of like cloning a plant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I thought in my head for a second, I was like, wait, but then doesn't the millet, like, but it's not, it's not a germinant, like it can't germinate. Right. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll actually it germinate. Will grow. Like, if, if I take the blocks after they're totally spent, mushrooms have grown, I throw them outside, the millet will grow. <laughs> I yeah. did. I wondered about that. So, that's... It's, it's a, like a beneficial thing to most plants, actually. So, um, you're a vegetarian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, then do you use mushrooms for, like, to replace all of your meat? Like, do you guys eat a lot of mushrooms all the time because this is what you do, or... Yeah, we just have... Just a always ton of them around, so we yeah we do eat a lot of them, and they're they're a great meat replacer. They're meaty. Yeah, they, they uh, lend themselves really well to meat replacements. Oh. Um, they're uh, they're got a lot of protein in them. They're super healthy. That's awesome. A lot so, of different kinds. do you like host Thanksgiving with like a big like puffball mushroom instead of like a turkey? Um, or last last year we did a mushroom Wellington. Okay. <laughs> like a beef Wellington. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? so cool. So we we uh, cooked up the mushrooms and then like wrapped it in like a like puff a pastry. yeah like a flaky puff pastry. Mm-hmm. It was super good. Oh my gosh! That that awesome. Yeah, everybody ate it up. It's That's cool. so good. Um, is there any like any cool crazy facts that you want to talk about like about regular mushrooms versus like the maybe like when we had the buckets growing up and I'm like oh we're growing mushrooms people always looked at me like magic mushrooms like no. They're not. I don't think. No. No. Still no. Well, aren't they all magic? <laughs> yeah. They're all magical, right? I, I think they are all magic in their own way. And I mean, it's kind of interesting that um, mushrooms can, I mean, they can kill you if you yeah. eat them. They can send you on a on a, a trip. Yeah. And they can just be a good dinner. Yeah. You know? Uh, what is, um? do you know anything? I just recently came across this. And then, um. About there's like microdosing for certain types of mushrooms, I guess, like something to do with the chemicals in your brain or something or another. I guess mushrooms are really good for your brain. Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah. heard of that. I mean, um, I feel like psilocybin mushrooms are kind of starting to go down the same path that cannabis has gone down in the oh, past okay. few years. A lot of places are starting to decriminalize and legalize it. Um, just recently, I mean, it's been a little bit, but Denver did. Um, the entire state of Oregon did, and yeah. just recently, I think, I think it just with that last election, mm-hmm, they decriminalized all drugs. Actually, uh, Oakland decriminalized psilocybin mushrooms, and I'm pretty sure Washington D.C. just did. Interesting. Uh, New Jersey's getting ready to vote on it, so I mean, it's kind of. And what's what's I for anybody? Because do you know anything about it? Nope. No. So, and I literally just read like three seconds of it. So, for anybody who doesn't really know what that is. They're the proverbial magic mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess for like, what what is I the health benefits a for on them once? But that's you know about I mean? all I've got. What I said, I've experienced a roommate on them once. Oh, that's all I've got. <laughs> no, you did not. Experience. Um, but I guess like, what's what's the health benefits for doing stuff like that? Like, why would somebody want to have that legalized the same way that like medical marijuana would be? Well. I mean, I, I think a lot of the benefits are psychological in okay. the way that you think and the way that you reflect on yourself and, you know, your life and your situation or, you know, whatever it is that's that's on your mind. Um, but, I mean, just to be totally clear here, they're super illegal and you'll get locked up for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for yeah. cultivating, you know, Absolutely. or um, 
being in possession of them or anything like that. So, I mean, you know, just to be clear, I'm not, <laughs> not <laughs> advocating that at this. all. We can edit all that. <laughs> yes. No, That's I totally fine. I was just curious, and I figured you're probably the best person that might know anything about anything. Yeah, I, I, I get those questions a lot. And, I mean, I'm, I'm always surprised at how many people will just share with me their experiences on, on magic, magic mushrooms. mushrooms that I don't know, you know. That and, you probably didn't even really care to know either. Yeah, yes, it's just like a conversation starter almost sometimes for people. <laughs> is it just like one mushroom is all mushrooms and like you must have an in in the mushroom world? And Yeah, they'll be like, are they the magic kind? And I'll be like, no. They'll be like, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Great, great. So, I mean, it's, it's way more common for people to take them than I realized, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm old, so I don't. I went to Carbondale and there was lots down there. Oh, yeah. But. Well, I mean, people have used them for thousands of years. Yeah, and, you they know, were all like these the, one of the cultures. first, uh, probably one of the first easy drugs. Yeah. I mean, they grow out of the ground. They grow wild in mm-hmm. some places in the United States. I know That's, on the West Coast, they grow wild. I feel like the one thing that I stick by with mushrooms is like, you can eat everything once. It's about the second time. How many of these people just started picking mushrooms and started eating them before they're like, you made it past this first day. I think this one's good. Like that's there's a lot of wild mushrooms. There are, there are. Out like that, like I feel like if you were to drop some sort of chemical on them or something nowadays, you would know if they're poisonous or not. But at the same token, I I've watched a couple like discovery shows and it's like it's been fun though. Like oh, that's actually edible. And this like those hen in the woods yeah. and the chicken in the woods are just they're mind blowing. Like they're giant. Mm-hmm. They're, they're huge. huge and. We found a 14-pound hen of the woods this year. Holy. It was, like, that big. We couldn't even eat it all. Wow. And mushrooms, I mean, are so different. They probably don't freeze well, I mean, to... Um, some dry well. Okay. Um, a lot of them will freeze if you cook them first. Sure. Um, I've heard of people freezing fresh ones, but I've done it and I mean... I just would you know, it comes out. You lose soggy. the moisture. Yeah. I, I might eat them after they've frozen but i i don't think you could really sell them or they don't they're just sure. not quite right you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah kind of like freezing any almost any you know fruit or something Produce, like that yeah actually yeah. fruit does freeze okay it's vegetables like, vegetables, like cucumbers yeah. i feel like it'd be kind of like yeah. fruitish well if you cook them they'll freeze okay that's cool and if you dehydrate them they'll last forever for years and then do you reconstitute it back mm-hmm. then yeah, just add water okay well i didn't know like sometimes you can dehydrate fruit and stuff for like leather chews and stuff or whatever we, well, i've used um dried shiitakes and things in soups and stuff yeah they're delicious they kind of take on a little bit of a different flavor when you take the uh the water out of them so when you when you rehydrate them they're a little different and uh sometimes people rehydrate them with like wine and things like that uh, and that yeah. adds a, a nice flavor okay what is your most favorite recipe or like your favorite mushroom to cook with um, personally, I, I've been into shiitakes and kings. Okay. Tell me about kings. I'm not familiar with those. Uh, it's an oyster, but it's like a big, Just a thick, big, meaty one. oyster. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, they're, they're, they're delicious. They're like my favorite oyster. And then do you like use that in place of steak or just kind of highlight it on its own or throw it into like pastas and stuff? Yeah, or all what those you... things on top of pizzas and oh, pasta so sauces, omelets. That's it awesome. really just opens up. It opens up like a whole new, like, avenue of like, pasta night, pizza night. I mean, it's just like 
you can literally make uh, all of the one things. like one yeah with each like with mushrooms for each of those nights and i i i forget about them and that's probably because we literally have button and portabella yeah. and shiitake that's like and, all we have around and I here i think the reason for that is they have a long shelf life sure so all the mushrooms sense. from around here either come from canada pennsylvania or california Wow. There's just a few companies that are, are producing literally tons and tons and tons and supplying pretty much the whole country. Wow. And oh then there's gosh. a few little farms like us that produce the, you know, the specialty types that, you know, they have a shelf life of maybe a week or you okay. know, 10 days at best. Um, but they don't ship well either. Like an oyster mushroom right. is kind of delicate. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if we put them in a package and drive around for a while just for them shaking around, sometimes they'll tear a little bit. Sure. Let alone being loaded up into trucks and, you know. Wow. loaded up and loaded out and put on shelves and um, so they're they're a bit delicate and um yeah they don't ship well i just didn't think that there would be so little of like farms out there it's super difficult it's really labor intense and it the fail rate is pretty high i mean i failed so many times oh my god yeah if, i mean if the materials weren't so readily available and cheap and sometimes free i mean i, I would have been fully out of business a few times over well yeah i mean it's super expensive starting up anything but i mean mushrooms in such a specialty thing as well yeah the fail rate's high it's super labor intense requires a lot of specialty equipment namely for sterilization yeah i I use um autoclaves it's kind of like a pressure cooker only it goes up to a higher temperature and a higher pressure and has different kind of valves and stuff on it it's what they sterilize medical instruments in. Yeah. So it's steam at a super high temperature and pressure. Wow. And then I do everything in front of a laminar flow hood, which is a HEPA filter, but it's like a super hardcore HEPA filter. It's 99.997% filtration at 0.3 microns. So it's it doesn't let much through. Yeah. So when I sterilize, I'll have to sterilize, and then I don't even open up the cooker unless it's in front of the laminar flow hood. And then I open the bag, dump the spawn in, and seal it. And sometimes even that little window is enough to get infection. So, I mean, the fail rates, I mean, it's it's high. Wow, that's crazy. Do you have to worry about any of, like, the spores traveling up when you're working with them and, like, breathing any oh, yeah. of that in? Yeah, I have to use a N95 mask for sure. You can't go in the grow room without one on. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you if you have a mushroom that's mature... Yeah. And you shine a flashlight underneath it at night and you, you'll see it sporulate. You'll see the spores, you know, kind of floating out of it and it'll like release waves of them. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. That would be So, really yeah, there, if there's a whole room of them, you know, like. That's crazy. Sometimes, I mean, right now I have I have six shelves in there. Each shelf holds 30 bags. So if I have 180 bags, maybe that's they're not all at the same stage, but that's a lot of mushrooms all sporulating. I mean, they're. There, there's a lot of spores. It'll it'll get in your throat and you'll feel it. It's kind of like an allergy type of thing. It's happened to me before. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So what does um so people can purchase these at the farmers market, but then they can also do you do like online orders, yeah. local pickup, like what? Yeah. How do yeah, you we do, do deliveries and we do porch pickup. Um, we uh we usually take orders through our Instagram, which mm-hmm. is Bloom Shroomery at Bloom Shroomery on Instagram. Um, there's a bunch of pictures of our harvests and you know things like that on there. Um, so if you if you message us, we can uh, we can do an order. 
Um, we're great. probably getting ready for our last decent sized harvest for this year because it's getting to be December and it's getting to be cold. Yeah. But the, the next couple of days are going to be a little bit warmer, and I think we'll get our our last decent harvest. So we may be at the farmers market this weekend. There's a riverfront market, like a Thanksgiving like a fall one. Market. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. That's super awesome. Now's the time to go because I bet it's not going to be very busy. <laughs> well, and this would be a really cool thing to even try. You said maybe this weekend to do for like a Thanksgiving different yeah. side dish. You that don't would just be really need cool. green bean casserole to be your only mushrooms. That's, That's not a real yeah, thing. Yeah, green bean casserole with oyster mushrooms would be oh, delicious. Gosh. We've done that before. Oh, that Yum. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ooh. That sounds really good. What kind of, um, like how much space is required for someone just starting. So if somebody just wants to get started, kind of anywhere that they are at, how do you recommend them? Like, what do they need to learn? Do they need to read any books? Do they need to just like visit you and you can walk them through everything or? Um, there's a ton of resources online. You know, I'd be happy to help if anyone had questions. But I mean, the easiest way to get started would probably be a bale of straw and just boiling it. Okay. And then if you're packing into sometimes garbage bags or uh, five-gallon buckets or whatever, and then get some uh, oyster mushroom spawn, you're you're off and running. Okay, I'm done. You said with the bale of straw and you boil it. Mm -hmm. Are you breaking the bale of straw and boiling? Yes, or are you actually, just I, I break it up and I shred it with a weed whacker so it's okay. small. It's like little pieces about like that. Actually, I buy straw from here. Yeah. And then, okay. uh, I, I guess to be totally clear, I don't actually boil it. I'll pasteurize it so the water is 165 to 185 degrees. Okay. If you boil it, it takes more energy, takes more propane. And also sometimes if you get it boiling, um, a, a, a sterile substrate is easier for contaminants to overtake than a pasteurized substrate. So a pasteurized substrate, do you know the difference? No. Pasteurization is, is not full sterilization. Pasteurization is only heated up to like 165, 175 degrees. Okay. Like when we cook food. Sure. You know? Like when you cook like a steak or something like that. It's not like sterilized. Right. It's pasteurized. Or when you drink milk. Yeah. Right, right. You know okay. I mean? Eggs and things like that. Yeah. So um, to sterilize something, it's usually about 225, 250 degrees and... We do it at pressure too, so it's usually at about twenty pounds of pressure. Okay. Twenty psi. That's crazy. There's but a, a lot sterilized of substrate is way easier for a contaminant to take over because it's a bunch of food. Yeah. And a place to live with nothing around. Okay. Whereas when a pat when a substrate is pasteurized, there's um, other microorganisms in there. They're actually actually friends with mycelium, so they get along okay. You know, they're not uh, yeah. competition. This is fantastic. This is mind-blowing. I know. I, I didn't actually think I didn't this. really have much brain left after painting all day, and I'm still like, what? This is awesome. This is cool. I dig it. So, yeah, if you're going to start, you just get a bale of straw, and if you had a way to boil the straw, well, pasteurize the straw in water, and then something to pack it in, then you buy some spawn. That's it. So cool. So, in the winter season, you're not doing mushrooms because mushrooms don't grow... No, we won't the do them. The dream is to have a, a climate control grow room, which is, you know, the road we're going down right now, but it probably won't be a reality till spring. Sure. So hopefully over next winter we'll be we'll be producing all year round. Oh, that would be cool. And then it wouldn't matter which ones are in season because right. it would be all the time. Yeah, Illinois weather is is Very really hard to deal with. Fluctuates. <laughs> yeah. You know, vegetables and stuff are okay with a lot of, you know, fluctuation, but the mushrooms they're not. 
if we get like a super cold day or a super hot day, I'll, I'll easily lose the crop or have yeah. something grow all deformed or, mm-hmm. you know, my yields will be half what they normally are. It's, yeah. it's pretty easy to, to upset them. <laughs> so, and then the ones like out in the wild, they come back every year or is that just a like... A lot of them do, yeah. Okay. So it's just like the same root, I guess, that just kind of like if something's picked or they die off or eaten... Then they just grow back again. Can you do that the same way with these? Oh, uh, you can. So in the wild, they grow on the, this type of mushroom is a saprophytic mushroom. It grows on dead wood, grows okay. on dead trees. So in the wild, they'll grow like usually like on a log. You know what I yeah. mean? So a log is super dense and it has food for a very long time. So they'll fruit for years, like years and years. Okay, because you know? it always um, has that. We have we use sawdust, so it colonizes much more quickly. Like I can get it to colonize in about two weeks, whereas it'll take about, I mean, nine months to a year to colonize a log. Sure. But I'll only get like three or four flushes out of it in one season, whereas if you did it with a log, you get a flush every year, every season for I mean, a bunch, lots of years, maybe even ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just much more dense, so it has much more food. That's and bigger, cool. you know. I sure. do I do five pound bags of sawdust. Sure. And the reason why is because they colonize quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, most of them do come back in the wild. So if you got a spot, don't tell anybody. Yep, and visit, <laughs> visit it again next year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. We have family that goes mushroom hunting, and they won't give us any helpful information. Oh, yeah, the spots are closely guarded, especially yeah. with morels, because somebody will come and take them. Yep. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, they're fair I mean, they're fair game, and they're always exciting for yeah. everybody to... Yeah. yeah. Like not even the family love, man. Nope. Heck no. I mean, we're in the middle of a cornfield, so there's literally zero chance of... I bet if you were to go down some of your treed waterways, you'd probably have some luck. I don't know. That you'd have to really look those. Anywhere, anywhere there's woods. Yeah. And like, how got, dense do the woods need to be? Oh, well, there's just got to be some dead stuff around. And Usually shade. you find, find some dead stuff. Uh, the time of year is super important, too. Spring okay. and fall is the best times. Spring and fall. Yep. Okay. So what, I mean, is growing around this time of year? Is it... Uh, right now, not much. Nothing. But, you know, a few weeks ago, everything. You know, we, we, we saw some... I think they call it bear tooth head. It's also edible. It's uh, relative to lion's mane. Um, we saw a bunch of different oysters. We saw uh, we we picked some hen of the woods. We got a bunch of those. Some chicken of the woods too, um, and tons of other species that we weren't confident enough to eat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. What's like the prime temperature? Uh, in the spring, probably the first few warm days, mm-hmm. and in the fall, probably. The last few warm days. Mm-hmm. Well, they they like, what they like is something cold, mm-hmm. and then something warm usually. Okay. So you know, like in in the spring, like as soon as it, we get like a rain and it thaws a little bit, you know, we get like a fifty degree day or sixty degree day. Yeah. Usually the morels will pop out and you'll get a bunch of mushrooms. Same thing in the fall. As soon as it we get a cold rain for the first time, a few days later you'll find mushrooms. That's usually when my tomatoes turn red too. When it gets warm. When you get a rain and then it gets up. Uh, like a breach of cold and then what? so if you go at the right time i mean the forest is covered in mushrooms like every few feet you'll find mushrooms that's crazy that's so fun that's super cool well like you said the first time what 
Tell us your Instagram handle again. Um, at Bloom Shroomery. So all one word, B-L-O-O-M-S-H-R-O-O-M-E-R-Y. Cool. Awesome. And you are Pat, and your wife is? Lisa. Lisa. Well, thank you. How long have you guys been doing this? Uh, two years. That's awesome. And you were in the paper, the Peoria Journal Star, a couple yeah, weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, it was right? a great article. It was great yeah, place. we did. We checked that out. That was really cool. Good. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here. And yeah, anytime. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. Want to visit the Weiniger Farms? You can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms. Or jump over to our website at WeinigerFarms.com. See you later! <laughs>